Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your engine! For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there and have a good day, all right, buddy? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.03 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to a spe- special Bills play on Monday night edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening. Yes, we are on both today and next Sunday as the Bills schedule allows us to be here on WGR for the next two weeks as we get to the final weeks of the 2016 NASCAR Sprint Cup Series season. Today we are on from 11 a.m. until 12.30 p.m. Yes, it's 11.03 a.m., not 12.03 like your microwave says right now. Hopefully you remember to set your clocks back today as a uh, daylight savings time has come to an end and the clocks fall back. So it is 11.03, not 12.03, although your phone's right, so it probably doesn't matter anyway. Uh, thanks for tuning in here this morning. Uh, if you're not familiar with the program, again, my name's Dave Buchanan. Uh, I've worked here at WGR for about 12 years on a part-time basis, and one of my biggest passions in life is motorsports, and we do this show every Sunday when it's not football season from about mid-February until about Labor Day. But when the bill schedule allows it, we get back on the air during the fall and, of course, during the playoffs of the NASCAR season to talk racing with you here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And that's what we're going to do for the next 90 minutes or so. Phone lines are open here this morning, 803-0551-888-552-550. Lots of ha- lots have happened since we've last talked to you, which is it's been almost two months. We uh, We had that show during the second week of the Bills season because they played that Thursday night game. So a lot has happened. We are moving through the chase. We are now down to two races left in the round of eight and just three races left in the 2016 season. So a lot has happened. So anything on your mind, uh, feel free to join us here this morning. If you can't call, social media is also a great option. You can tweet us at Fast Track 550. That's at Fast Track 550. Also, Facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track uh, is our other social media home, too. But lots to do on this Sunday morning. Uh, we got a great guest lineup for you coming up in about 10 minutes or so. One of our favorites on the program, Jordan Bianchi from SBNation.com, will join us to talk more NASCAR. Uh, he covers the sport for SB Nation, does a fantastic job, and always does a great job. We have him here on the program. At the bottom of the hour, of course, we also spend ample time covering the local racing scene. Lots of great short tracks here in western New York and southern Ontario, if you're not familiar. And the Super Dirt Car Series wrapped up their season last weekend at the Charlotte Motor Speedway for the World Finals. And the newly crowned series champion is Matt Shepard from Waterloo, New York. Super Matt Shepard had a fantastic year. Uh, tons of wins and tons of championships uh, throughout the season for Matt. And he will join us at the bottom of the hour after clinching the Super Dirt Car Series Big Block Modified Championship last weekend. So Super Matt at the bottom of the hour. And then we'll go into the 12 o'clock hour, of course. We're on until 12.30 days, so coming up at 12.05 or so, uh, Adam Stern from the Sports Business Journal will join us because uh, we're three races left in the 2016 season, and we still don't know what the series sponsor for what is known as the NASCAR Cup Series will be for 2017. It is called, of course, the Sprint Cup Series, 
but that contract that NASCAR has with Sprint is coming to an end after this season, and NASCAR is trying to find a new series sponsor. And so far, they haven't announced one. Uh, they, they, of course, are going through the process and trying to find a partner for 2017. But as of right now, we still don't have really any indication who that series sponsor is going to be. I figured we would have had it by now. A lot of people in the industry said that they would have an announcement sometime in the month of October. But here it is on November 6th, and we don't have a series sponsor for NASCAR. So we'll talk to Adam about that. Uh, he's right into uh, all the marketing stuff with the sport. He covers that for Sports Business Journal. We'll talk to him about a couple other sponsorship things uh, as well. But again, phone lines are open here this morning, 803-0551-888-552-550 as NASCAR racing at Texas today, of course. Again, the next-to-last race of the round of eight, uh, two races left until we get to championship weekend at Homestead and Miami Speedway. And uh, real quick, we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at the lineup here. And uh, Austin Dillon, who uh, got knocked out of the chase on a tiebreaker with Denny Hamlin, by the way, at the end, at, after Talladega. He was tied with Denny for eighth, but uh, Denny advanced on the tiebreaker, so Austin Dillon is out. He's on the pole today. Joey Logano, who is still in the chase and is fighting for a chase spot, he'll be on the outside of row one. Kevin Harvick, same boat for him. On the outside looking in right now, the 2014 champion will start third. Brad Keselowski eliminated from the chase will start fourth. Kyle Larson, Paul Menard in row three. Matt Kenseth starting seventh today. He is in a transfer spot currently in the chase. He will start alongside rookie Ryan Blaney. Carl Edwards needs uh, a win pretty much at this point. He starts ninth today in his Joe Gibbs uh, Toyota. And Kurt Busch, also on the outside looking in, rolls off tenth. Other notable names in the field, Chase Elliott and Martin Truex will both be in row number six. Alex Bowman continues to fill in for the injured Dale Earnhardt Jr. He will start 16th today. Denny Hamlin, another chase contender, is 17th. Jimmy Johnson is locked into the final four at Homestead with his win last weekend at Martinsville. He starts 19th today. Really doesn't have a lot to shoot for today because he is locked into the championship force. However, despite the poor qualifying, never discount Jimmy Johnson at Texas Motor Speedway. He has won five of the last eight races there, including three of the last four, and his top fives in his last four starts at Texas. So despite him starting uh, 19th, and I, I'm sure Chad Knaus, he and Chad Knaus have been doing some experimenting, working on their mile-and-a-half program maybe, and qualifying in practice, uh, don't count out the 48 today and trying to get their second win of the round eight as he rolls off 19th. The last chase driver, Kyle Busch, your defending series champion, he starts way back in 24th today. Uh, alongside Tony Stewart there in that 12th row. So that's where all your uh, chase starters are in the field today. Uh, looking at the points, as I said, Jimmy Johnson won last week at Martinsville. He is locked into the next round of the chase. Then it is the th the trio of Joe Gibbs drivers, Danny Hamlin, Matt Kenseth, and Kyle Busch. They're in the other three transfer spots as it currently stands. Hamlin and Kenseth, five points back at Johnson. Busch, seven points back. Then you got your four drivers on the outside looking in. Joey Logano, who's four points behind Busch. Kevin Harvick is 16 back of Bush. Kurt Bush is 18 points back of his brother Kyle. And then Carl Edwards, who of course crashed last week in Martinsville, he is about 32 points behind Kyle Bush. So Edwards at this point, uh, barring a lot of bad things happening to the guys in front of him, the points he really needs a, a win. It, it might be Edwards' only hope to advance to the final four at Homestead. And really, Edwards' crash at Martinsville is one of the few interesting things that have happened here during the chase it's been a pretty dull chase uh so far at, at least to this point i know we've still got two more races to go before the, the the championship four so i'm not completely ruling out something crazy happening but 
I talk. I, I always said it that this chase format makes drivers crazy. Well, it seems like they're doing a better job this year at not going crazy because we haven't had the uh, flaring up of tempers and the uh, unusual events that we've seen the last two years uh, has not yet happened this season. We didn't get Matt Kenseth chasing down Brad Keselowski between the haulers after the race at Charlotte. We didn't get uh, Brad Keselowski and Kevin Harvick uh, or Jeff Gordon giving, getting a shoving match on pit road at Texas, which could happen later today, of course, uh, although, although not involving Jeff Gordon because uh, he's not in the race today. We didn't get uh, Joey Logano wrecking Matt Kenseth for the lead at Kansas and then Kenseth dumping Joey Logano at Martinsville when he was eight laps down. We didn't get that at Martinsville last week, and we didn't get much of anything last week at Martinsville, honestly, outside of Edwards hitting the wall. We got, we've got a lot of teamwork, though. We've got the Joe Gibbs cars hanging in the back of the pack at Talladega just so they don't get involved in the big one, so they can move on to the round of eight. It worked. Strategy worked. They're, all four cars are still in the chase, remarkably. I thought we'd at least lose one by now, but uh, there's still a, there is a chance. Well, you won't get all four going to Homestead because Johnson's locked in, but there's still a good chance three out of the four cars going for the championship at Homestead will be Joe Gibbs' cars. That's how the points reflect right now. So far, the only thing that we've gotten, though, so far uh, is the the teamwork though might be getting to those Joe Gibbs drivers? There was a lot of interesting comments coming out of Martinsville uh, as those Gibbs three of those Gibbs drivers, uh, um, Kenseth, uh, Bush, and Hamlin, as they all finished in the top five, were kind of despite the good points day, weren't all thrilled with having to to ride with or behind their teammates in Martinsville. So you've got that maybe the this Joe Gibbs. Uh, T- teammate teamwork, uh, you know, might start to come to an end today at Texas or next weekend at Phoenix, but that's about it. There's not been a whole lot of drama, for better or worse, so far in the chase. I mean, it's a good thing we're not. I don't want to see fights and guys getting wrecked, but really, it's been kind of a, it's been a a dull um, six races so far uh, in, in in this uh, 2016 edition uh, of the chase for the Spring Cup. But that that could happen. That could, or excuse me, that could all change after today. I mean, you still got the two final races to put to make your way to the final four. And if these guys really start to feel the pressure, especially next week in a Phoenix, they may start to go a little crazy. Uh, especially if if Jimmy Johnson wins today at Texas, which again I, I'm not putting him past him, despite the poor qualifying performance, he is just that good at Texas. Um, if he wins again today. And that means that he's the only guy locked in going into Phoenix next week. Uh, things could start to happen, and uh, these guys could really start to, to, you know, take as many chances as possible, and uh, also, you know, get a little bit more physical on the racetrack. Much in the way um, last weekend at Oswego Speedway, Matt Hirschman um, it, on a racetrack that was very hard to pass on at the Race of Champions went three wide between race leader Patrick Emerling and a lap car and ran into that lap car, which put him in the wall, Andy Lewis, uh, you might see a few cup drivers have to take chances like that, either today at Texas or next weekend at Phoenix, uh, to, to make it in to the championship foursome at Homestead, because that is it's what's going to take. But like I said, it's been pretty lacking in, in stuff like that so far this year in the chase. So either drivers and teams have started to figure out how to uh, figure out a strategy for this chase, or they're just uh, wait, you know, waiting for the right time to, to really let it all hang out. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I found it interesting. All of the guys that advanced to the top eight, they all had at least one finish. I think it was 23rd or worse, which is pretty amazing that 
all of those guys had at least one bad bad day in the previous round and still did enough to move on to this round. Now, when you look at the stats last year of the four guys that went to Homestead last year, none of them had a finish worse than 14th uh, during the round of eight. So the, uh, you can see that the, the margin for error is a lot smaller, which is, which is why you, know, you see guys taking less chances out there. But again, the, the pressure of needing to advance this, the, the, the Game 7 format uh, of of these uh, elimination races really could, uh, you know, twist twist the screws on these guys and force them to do something crazy. And we can maybe get something a little more interesting in in this chase for the Sprint Cup, which again we have been uh, lacking through these first six races. Uh, we'll uh, have to see what happens. Let's go to the AT and T hotline though and bring in from SBNation.com, one of our favorites, Jordan Bianchi joins us on the line. Jordan, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Great to talk to you again, my friend. Great to talk to you as well, and you definitely hit on the spot. There hasn't been much drama, but it definitely is setting up for an interesting race today at Texas. Yeah, hopefully we get it. I know there's a little bit of, of weather uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, although, of course, they've got lights at Texas, so they could run all day if they have to. Um, but, Jordan, uh, today is, is going to be an interesting race um, with uh, you know two races to go here in the round of eight, and all the guys that are on the outside looking in uh, of the – Eight of of the eight remaining, the, the guys in fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth, they all qualified inside the top ten. So uh, there's going to be a lot of guys maybe uh, shooting for the moon today here at Texas. There are, and especially look at a guy like Carl Edwards who absolutely needs a win because he crashed at Martinsville and had a three sixth place finish. You know he can't point his way into this championship round. He, he's going to have to go out and get a victory either today or next week at Phoenix. And Kevin Harvick is in that same situation. I know Kevin struggled last week at a twentieth place finish. But Kevin really needs a good run today. He needs a top-five finish to put himself in a good spot to mm-hmm. advance. And, and if he can win today, too, that would really kind of tighten the screws a little bit on Joe Gibbs racing because then all of a sudden they're just looking at maybe two guys advancing, whereas a week ago it would look like a real possibility that four could move on. Yeah, it's been th- this whole Joe Gibbs racing teamwork plan is really starting to, to pay off. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of surprised that all four are still in it at this point. I thought we would have lost maybe one of the four by now through elimination. But uh, it, while we won't get all four at Homestead, there's a really good chance that 75% of the championship contenders, Jordan, at, at Homestead will be Joe Gibbs drivers. Yeah, I fully believe that we're going to see at least two because you look at Denny Hamlin, Matt Kenseth, and Kyle Busch. They're, they're good at all these tracks coming up today at Texas, next week at Phoenix, and they had good races last week at Martinsville. So they're going to need something to happen to them to put them in a position where they're not going to advance. I think 75% might be a bit high, but there's a really good chance that we're going to see at least two of those guys. And the team dynamics now between that team is really coming into play, as you said, because you know it, everything was great for Joe Gibbs Racing throughout the year. They're working together. They're, mm-hmm. they're sharing information. They're sharing notes and pit strategies, and they're winning races. And they won every major race. They, they dominated the season. And then now is the fun. You know, it kind of squeezes down a little bit now. Now we're seeing that frustration kind of boil a little bit. You know, Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin last week. And if somebody else, like a, you know Kevin Harvick or somebody else can win today and really kind of tighten it up a little bit for them, that frustration is really going to come to uh, more into play. And it's three guys too, Jordan, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Matt Kenseth. These, these are three guys that when pressed hard enough, they, they, they have been known to show temper either on the racetrack or on pit road. You know, Carl Edwards seems to be a pretty calm guy, but these other three guys, they have a tangent for, for going off the deep end sometimes on the racetrack. We have seen this chase do some very crazy things. You know, up until two years ago, we thought you know, Matt Kenseth was a very mild-mannered driver, kind of kept to himself. Well, we saw what happened when the pressure gets to him a little bit. And this chase, 
the eliminations and everything does that. And, and we saw that last week with Kyle Busch. Kyle's been really, you know, Kyle's been a great champion. He's rep- represented the sport at a very high level. But we saw last week, he was very frustrated with Denny Hamlin and said some very terse things on the radio, said some terse things to Joe, uh, Joe Gibbs afterwards, his team owner. And they had a very frank meeting among the four drivers and Joe Gibbs this week. And what's going to come out of that is, is we'll see. The mandate is, is go out and race hard and race clean and, and do what you need to do, but don't put your teammates in bad situations. But we're getting down to this point now where every point, every position on the track is the difference between advancing or not advancing. We saw that with Denny Hamlin in the last round when he advanced on a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. The drivers know the stakes, and I think we're getting to the point now where the guys are saying, you know what, I really don't care if my teammates are mad at me. I need to do what's best for me. Uh, Kyle Busch uh, will go to a backup car today, by the way. He uh, scraped the wall early in a practice session earlier this week, and he'll have to go to the backup car. Jordan, earlier this week you wrote about Kyle Busch and how really, with, with all the headlines, the the story of Kyle trying to go for a second straight cup title has not been talked about all that much here in the chase, really. No, it hasn't. We've talked about Jimmy Johnson and his resurgence. He's got two victories. Martin Truex Jr. dominated the first round, and then he, he, you know, obviously second round he got eliminated. Same with Brad Keselowski, who looked like he was going to be a player as well. All the while, Kyle Busch just keeps finishing in the top ten every week. The only exception, obviously, is Talladega, but that was by design, and he's had a very quiet chase. And if you look at the numbers, in terms of statistical averages, he actually has a better average finish this year than he did last year. So I mentioned it a few minutes ago. He's in really good shape here to get to Homestead with a chance to win a second straight title. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the Kyle that's emerged. This is a more mature driver who realizes that, you know, staying under the radar, not getting swept up in the things that are going on around him, it, it's better for him. It's better for his team, and they can just focus on what they need to do. And this is really a, a Kyle Bush that we saw emerge last year, and it's carried over into this year as well. Jordan Bianchi from SB Nation joining us here on WGR's Fast Track. Jordan, with Joe Gibbs Racing, we've we've talked about all season just how good JGR has become with their their four primary drivers, and of course Martin Truex Jr. as well. And we a, a storyline of the year has been kind of the changing of the guard as the dominant team in the Cup Series is no longer Hendrick Motorsports, but it is Joe Gibbs Racing. But here we are, Jordan, the forty eight team of Jimmy Johnson, uh, despite their Mediocre, I guess for forty for the forty eight team, it was a mediocre regular season. We'll say here we are poised on possibly seeing Jimmy Johnson get that uh, amazing seventh Spring Cup Series title because he really looks like he could do it this year. They were absolutely mediocre during the regular season, I and mean, there were stretches of races where not not only were they not finishing in the top ten, they weren't even leading laps and being competitive. And then as we come into the chase, we thought, well, this is going to be a really atypical chase for Jimmy Johnson. We're not expecting much out of them. Their performance hasn't been there. All of a sudden, they look like the typical 48 team. They've got two race, two wins now. They look dominant, and they look like a championship favorite. And Johnson is really well-positioned to win a seventh title. And I think his win last week at Martinsville really sent a clear message that if you're going to win this championship, you're going to have to beat the 48 team straight up to do it. And right now, they look vintage 48 team. They look like yep. a team that won five championships in a row, that won six championships in eight years. Mm-hmm. And they look very formal. They don't look like a team that struggled during the regular season. They look like a team that during the regular season had their issues, but they went to work and they, they targeted the chase. They went and they spent extra time in the wind tunnel. They worked on their cars, and now it's paying off for them. I am at the stage, Jordan, where I've come to acceptance. I will be okay with Jimmy Johnson winning a seventh title. For as much as I couldn't stand him during that five-year run, I'm okay with it. I'll, I'll almost be happy if he wins a seventh title because I think he deserves it. I think Jimmy Johnson, kind of the, the 
how fans view him has kind of turned a little bit. And I think you kind of, you know, represent that as a whole. You know, when Jimmy was winning all these championships in a row, it became, oh, Jimmy, you know, it kind of became boring. It kind of became routine. Mm-hmm. We've seen Jimmy struggle the last few years. You know, he's had the, you know, last few years he's been bounced out of the chase kind of in fluke circumstances, especially last year at Dover when he had a $5 part break. So we've seen him struggle a little bit. And people like to see that. They like to see drivers overcome adversity and, and not just have things perceivably easy. And we've seen that with Johnson now. It's not been easy. He's had to work for it, especially this year with everything that's gone on. And the fact that you know, John's a really nice, good man. I mean, he's an honest driver. He doesn't do anything silly. He doesn't say silly things. He doesn't stir controversy. And, and there's something to be respected for. We see a lot of guys in a lot of sports do a lot of different things that we don't always agree with. But Johnson is a very good person, a great father, and an excellent driver. And I think people are starting to recognize that, you know what, this is – this is the generation of NASCAR. I mean, for one generation, it was Jeff Gordon, but now it's Jimmy Johnson. And frankly, I think Jimmy Johnson kind of ascended past Jeff Gordon in that hierarchy. I saw a tweet. I don't remember from who it was, but I saw if if Petty and Earnhardt were the Lakers and Celtics, Jimmy Johnson's like the San Antonio Spurs. And I think that really eclipses it right there. That's a great tweet in a lot of levels because the Spurs just kind of very businesslike. They kind of, you know, mind their P's and Q's. They did their job. They didn't make waves. And that's really Jimmy Johnson. He just goes out week after week, does the best he can. And they're very workmanlike and they don't make mistakes. And they just beat you with the resiliency and the fact that they just wear you down with their excellence. And that, that's really the Spurs and Jimmy Johnson in a nutshell. Last thing, Jordan, before we let you go, every year, you know, always all the attention's on the chase drivers this time of year, but there's always one non chase guy that you know, just really gets a go in the last 10 races of the year, has some good runs. Is there anybody out there that's not a chase driver that you thought of has been oppressive as of late? Well, he was a chase driver initially. He got eliminated in the last round, but I like Austin Dillon. Austin came into this year kind of, you know, in a really a make-or-break year. This is his third year, had had a lot of success, really put together consistency that he hadn't shown before, made the chase. And when he made the chase, people thought he was going to be one of those guys who was going to be eliminated early. And frankly, that wasn't true. He only got eliminated on a tiebreaker. Yep. He's on the pole today at Texas. He has a maturity about him and a consistency, and he's showing speed. I really like what he's done this year, and I like that they're building something off of this chase. They've had a good run, and it looks like that first victory is going to happen here sooner rather than later. Jordan Bianchi from SBNation.com. Uh, you can find him online, SBNation.com slash NASCAR and at Jordan underscore Bianchi. Jordan, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks for your insights, and we'll talk again soon. Look forward to it, Dave. Thanks. All right. Jordan Bianchi from SBNation.com joining us here on Fast Track. Before we go to break, we have a very special guest. He is uh, my colleague on the Sabres Radio Network. Usually he does all the talking, but this is my show. Either way, we'll let him on the air anyway. Brian Koziel is live on location. What's up, Brian? Hey, Dave. I'm Wait. always up listening to this show. I, so. I know. This, I'm excited to be on it finally. You never have asked me to be a guest on Fast Track. <laughs> I was waiting but for you. But now I get to officially be on the show. I'm excited. I was waiting for you to get me on the golf show first. That's true. We'll have to see. We'll have to make that happen now since uh, I'm on your show. So, yeah, we're having a great, great uh, event out here in Orchard Park. We're at Tops Friendly Markets on Southwestern Boulevard here in Orchard Park, and it's a kids six, six excuse me, a kids three sixty event, and it's here to promote kids eating healthy and there's a whole bunch of local companies here that are here donating food today and we've got the wgr prize team here so people can come in to tops here in orchard park spin the wheel and walk away with some free food and some of the brands you may recognize like tim hortons they got bags of coffee here everybody loves tim hortons spin the wheel you can come and win tim hortons coffee french's is here they we're giving away ketchup mustard we've got jolly time popcorn and I'd say about 30 other brands with tons of great foods. Also, you can 
win some great WGR gear. We got koozies, Bills shirts, Sabres shirts. Got all sorts of different stuff, including some awesome earbuds that I'm actually even using right now. <laughs> they work great. Uh, also, Dave, a name that I know you'll know, former Bill, Ed Rudkowski, who also, for people that are thinking politics this week, he, of course, is also the former county executive. So mm-hmm. Ed Rudkowski is going to be here shortly, and he's going to be signing autographs. We've got some pictures that he can sign and give away, too. So fun event out here in Tops, and uh, I'll be with you as long as you're on the air until Fast Track, and we're going to be here in Tops till 1. Very good. I know you had a marathon broadcasting day yesterday between your uh, live show at Batavia Downs and, of course, the Sabres game last night. Good to see you are uh, sounding quite well this morning. Have fun out there. Thank you, Dave. Show was great so far. Continue to listen to it. Thank Pre- you. Appreciate it, bud. Brian Cozio live. Uh, he's at Tops on Southwestern and uh, Orchard Park today for a very special event. You'll hear more from Brian throughout the program. But for now, we're going to step aside here. We come back. Super Dirt Car Series champion Matt Shepard will join us when Fast Track gets back here on WGR. Eleven thirty-five here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty. Dave Buchanan in a special Bills play on Monday edition of WGR's Fast Track. We'll do it again next Sunday too because the Bills will be on the bye week. Just sixty minutes next week, eleven a.m. to noon. So we hope you join us again next Sunday as we'll move on to the penultimate race of the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series season at the Phoenix International Raceway. But today, Texas Motor Speedway on tap for the Sprint Cup Series. One other note from the starting lineup, Matt DiBenedetto will not be in the 83 car. Uh, he is actually in NASCAR's concussion protocol that from a hit he took in yesterday's Xfinity Series race. So uh, Matt D is out of the car, and Jeffrey Earnhardt will fill in behind the wheel of the 83 car. Obviously not going to affect... The race in general, all that much because it's you know it's Matt DiBenedetto and the the eighty three team. They're you know just kind of running the back of the pack. But thought I would mention it just in case uh, we don't didn't hear too much about NASCAR NASCAR's concussion protocol much this year outside of Dale Earnhardt Jr. But I think this is one of the few times where it's really taken a driver out of a race. Um, you know Dale Jr.'s issues um, were actually flew under the radar of NASCAR's concussion protocol, and he chose himself to. to pull himself out of the 88 car, but I think this is one of the few times where NASCAR has actually uh, kept a driver out of a race because of the uh, concussion protocol. Again, 803-0551-888-552-550 here on WGR's Fast Track, but we are going to go to the AT&T hotline once again and bring in the newly crowned and five-time Super Dirt Car Series Big Block Modified Series champion, Super Matt Shepard joins us on the line. Matt, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning, and congratulations. What a season for you. Good morning to you. Thank you. Amazing record-setting year on the Super Dirt Car Trail, Matt. Twelve feature wins en route to your uh, championship this year. Just uh, tell, us, tell us about your season and, and just what it was like for you. Um, I mean, it was really unbelievable right from the get-go down in Florida. It uh, started out great and just just finished great. Um, you know, solid all year long. Of course, the, the 12 wins. Um, I think we had five seconds, too. I mean, uh, <laughs> just, just up front every night. Uh, really, really solid effort by the whole team all season long. One of the, the remarkable things about it, too, Matt, you know, was about a year ago, and, and all the tar- talk started that that you were going to be leaving uh, HBR Racing, Hanky Baldwin Racing, after last season, and that you were you were going independent this year. You were running your own operation, uh, your your own uh, car uh, out of your home base, and uh, that makes it even more incredible that that you kind of did it as not only the driver but as the team owner and having to do a lot of the work on your own. Yeah, I mean. Uh... 
kind of when that all happened, I thought to myself, you know, I don't, I don't really want to deal with the politics of of the sport and and driving for people and and you know using certain products and this and that anymore. I said I'm, I'm going to put my own team together. I'm going to choose the parts and products I want to use, the people I want to use, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything that hits the racetrack is going to be the way I want it. And uh, it, it really worked out for us. Um, it, it proved to be a really good formula, and, and we're going to continue that again next year, I hope. Was there a, a point at all, though, this season, Matt, where you thought to yourself, what did I get myself into and, and just wanted to, you know, just go fishing or something? Not really. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I've, I've raced and worked on them full-time long enough to, mm. to know what happens year in and year out. And, um, you know, fortunately enough, um, we were able to, to get the equipment we needed to get started and uh and we ran well enough all season long to keep it going and never really got to the point where where you know we got we got real razzled um you know and a lot of that was performance based and and hopefully having such a strong year this year just helps us improve on the program and and build it even stronger for next year Looking at the the 2016 season, Matt, uh, the first half of the the Super Dirt Car Series trail, it was really kind of you and uh, Stuart Friesen kind of just punching and counterpunching, trading wins back and forth. You know, I remember when we were talking about the series coming out our way to to Merrittville, where you won, and of course the the Summer Nationals at Ranceville, where Stu won. You guys were really going back and forth, and the points race was really close. But really, once we got past Labor Day, you just kind of took off. You won six of the last. 10 races on the super dirt car trail what what changed for you at that point of the did anything change for you at that point of the season or, or did just the schedule work in your favor where it went to some tracks that you were strong at well i mean it was it was probably a combination of a lot of things um you know we we did start out just back and forth back and forth and and we were both running excellent and mm-hmm. we couldn't shake each other um you know any other year other than this year, he probably would have won the points by a mile. Mm-hmm. So it happened that I had a crazy good year this year and, you know, beat him by a mile. But, you know, we started out back and forth, back and forth. And and I don't know if it was maybe maybe my years of experience following the series, just knowing how to, you know, try and maintain that pace throughout the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I kept my equipment fresher than he did. I, I don't know if it was luck or, or whatever. But, um, you know, we just never fell off. We maintained all season long, you know, you know, knocking off wins and, and top three finishes. And, um, you know, he started out strong, and he, he kind of, you know, was more hit or miss the second half of the season. Super Matt Shepard joining us here on WGR's Fast Track. Matt, one of those late-season races I want to talk to you about is uh, Super Dirt Week, which, of course, this year was at the Oswego Speedway after uh, the the shuttering of of the racetrack at the New York State Fairgrounds. And I know it was a a very rough racetrack, and that's putting it mildly. But really, as a whole, what did you think of uh, having Super Dirt Week at Oswego this year? I I think the thing at the track smoothed out, I think it's going to be phenomenal. Um you know, obviously the track conditions were a major factor in the entire week. And, um, you know, I, I like the facility. I like the way everything's set up. I like the shape of the track. I think the track will race really good when they get it smoothed out. It's just one of them deals. I think they had some growing pains. And, and when they when they can get the track surface fixed, I think it's going to be some really great racing up there. Once you got out there and got some laps, did it 
Did it resemble any other track that you've raced on in the past, or was this kind of a whole new experience for you? Um, I thought at times that it raced a little bit like Volusia with the with the shape of the track itself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely narrower than Volusia, and it's got walls all the way around it. But um, you know, just the general shape and the way it raced, it reminded me a little bit of Volusia. And then, of course, last weekend uh, you were at Charlotte for the World Finals, and you wound up sweeping the weekend there at Charlotte. What an incredible job! Uh, was that something you expected heading down south that you were going to take both feature wins there? No, I mean I had previously never won there. I yeah. had a whole bunch of seconds, but never won a race. But you know, we were definitely feeling confident. Um, you know, it was kind of nice going down there with the with the points basically locked up, so we didn't have the you know the nerves and yeah. Um, you know, having to deal with the points battle, we could just go down there and have fun and race like we did all season long. And we knew we had really good race cars and good engines. And, um, you know, um, the rest was kind of history. Uh, you know, we went out, won the first night, had a very good race car, won the second night. And uh, just kind of a fitting end to our season um, to, to finish it off as strong as we had run all season long. Well, now that you know 2016 is behind us, I, I know you'd rather just kind of maybe take a break and, and just relax and think about your season. But you know, 2017 will be quickly coming up on us, Matt. What are your plans for next year? You know, this year you had the great year with the Super Dirt Car Series. You won track championships at Canandaigua and Utica, Rome. Uh, have you thought about what you're going to do next year? I mean, I would imagine a bunch of the same. Um, you know, obviously, just just waiting to hear. You know what the tracks put out for schedules, and uh, before we, you know, commit to anything, but um, probably more of the same. Very good. Well, Matt, again, congratulations. Uh, obviously, just from seeing you around here, I know you're phenomenal talent, and what a, a remarkable year for you. Congratulations. Enjoy this brief off season, and uh, we'll look forward to see you back on the track next year. All right. Thank you. All right. Super Matt Shepard, the 2016 Super Dirt Car Series champion. Again, 12 wins in 2016, his fifth series title. And uh, I hadn't, until I looked at the schedule, really studied it, I didn't realize how strong he was when it counted uh, you know, after Labor Day, after all the home track points ended and, ev- and everything. He really just piled up those wins he won six of the last 10 that if uh you know that's that's kind of like when, when tony stewart won his cup championship a few years ago he went out went out and won five of the 10 chase races and not that the super dirt car series is a chase but still that is amazing when you, you look at some of the races he won and, and at the different racetracks he won uh mr dirt track usa at lebanon valley uh, another win at Weedsport, you know, he went to Quebec and won, a win at Brewerton, and then winning the two races at Charlotte, too, of course, which uh, were probably huge for him, as he said, his first two ever wins uh, at the, at the uh, dirt track down there at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And uh, finished fourth in the, the big block race at Super Dirt Rink at Oswego, and that was a, a definitely an interesting event. I wasn't there. I just kind of watched from home on Dirt Vision, but I, I could see the... the the track surface issues were there, and it, it did tear up a lot of equipment. But I think, really, the, the groundwork is laid for future years of that event being at Oswego. It definitely will be there next year. If it's there beyond 2017, it's yet to be decided. We'll see what happens with the, the other racetrack they're trying to build uh, to where that where Super Duke was supposed to be until they realized that it wasn't going to be ready for 2016. But definitely, I thought... Uh, from watching at home, at least, from not being there, but that World Racing Group uh, and the folks at Oswego Speedway uh, did a great job in getting that facility ready to host something as big as Super Dirt Week, which is, if, you, if you've never been, I, I did, like I said, I didn't go this year, but I've been to ones at Syracuse, and it, it's, it's just slightly 
behind the amount of people and everything that it takes to run it. It's almost like having a, a cup weekend at a short track. That's just how big of an event it is. Uh, speaking of local racing, we're going to talk more about that when we get back. Actually, it's an open segment, so if you've been wanting to get in, uh, next segment will be a great opportunity, 803-0550, But also want to talk about, two uh, local drivers of the year. Um, I guess Matt could be a candidate, although he didn't, you know, he's based more out of Central New York and run the Super Dirt Car Series. I'm talking more about guys that ran at our, our local tracks that we tend to cover here on Fast Track, but... Uh, local drivers of the year. We'll talk about that and take your phone calls to 803-0551-888-552-550. We get back here on Fast Track on WGR. Eleven fifty three here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty Dave Buchanan and wrapping up the first hour of WGR's Fast Track. Don't worry, though. We'll be back at the uh, top of the hour with one more segment here on this football Sunday. No bills, but still lots of football, of course, uh, including a triple header here on the station. We've got Pittsburgh-Baltimore at 1, Indy-Green Bay at 4, and, of course, we, as always, have Sunday Night Football, which is Denver-Oakland this evening here on WGR. And then, of course, tomorrow, Bill Seahawks, uh, all-day coverage. Oh, by the way, the Sabres are playing tomorrow. That'll be over on 1520. That's where I'll be tomorrow night watching uh not watching the bills but producing the sabers game so uh lots to lots of reasons to stay dialed in here to wgr sports radio 550 we don't have a lot of time here but real quick just just get this out of the way uh local drivers of the year on asphalt it, it's pretty much not much of a discussion hands down it's been the year of patrick emmerling right uh race of champions modified champion uh what seven series wins i believe it was uh, including all four modified races at Lancaster, including the U.S. Open. Uh, sportsman car, he won four sportsman features at Lancaster. He won the George Decker Memorial at Holland. He won the Labor Day race at Wyoming County. He won the sportsman race at the Race of Champions at Oswego. So, yeah, this so Patrick Emmerling, hands down, driver of the year on asphalt. Driver of the year on dirt's another story. I think there's at least three guys that I could think of that you could put give a good argument for. You've got... Uh, Ryan Soucy, who won the Ranceville Modified Track Championship, uh, three feature wins, uh, finished third in points at Merrittville, got his first sprint car win as well this year. You've got Brad Rouse, who won the uh, Sportsman Track titles at Freedom with five wins, Humberstone with six wins, and he also won a, a bunch of races at Merrittville, his Saturday night track, and also did a lot of traveling this year, too. He... Uh, Ran a lot of the races for the new Race of Champions Dirt Sportsman Series. Uh, did, uh, Weedsport just did a lot of racing around the region in general. So there's Brad. And then you got Eric Rudolph, too, who didn't win any championships, but still won five races at Ransomville. Was still in the championship hunt despite missing a week. Uh, finished fourth in the points at Merrittville. Won, a, won some races there. And he also did a lot of traveling. Uh, he was running uh, the Brett Deo Series. Uh, was in the hunt for one of those series championships and, until the last race of the year. Uh, swept uh, the Super Dirt Car Series events at Brockville the week after Super Dirt Week. Uh, he won at Outlaw Speedway, I think it was last weekend or two weeks ago. Um, so he and, and his dad and Randy Chrysler and their operation, they've been touring all over the region as well, too. So really, I think the the argument for Dirt Driver of the Year, you could get really 
heated because I think both uh, all uh, Ryan Brad uh, Ryan Susie Brad Rouse and Eric Rudolph all had phenomenal seasons. And I'm sure there's a couple guys that I'm not even thinking of at the moment, but just from 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 the tracks that I attend this year and. From from watching the results, I'm sure there's somebody else I'm missing, but those three guys alone could all get a nod for for local dirt driver of the year. So that is, uh, I'm sure we'll settle it at the four score banquet in December when we will hand out the uh, four score uh, dirt driver of the year and the asphalt driver of the year awards. Be interesting to see who wins that. Um, I know uh, I cast my vote for one driver. I talked to my buddy Rick Mooney. He's possibly voting for somebody else altogether. So we'll see what four score comes up with at their banquet in about a month. All right, when we come back, one more segment to go. Adam Stern from Sports Business Journal will join us. We'll also have more time for your phone calls, too, if you've been waiting to get in. We'll have time in this uh, final segment of the show. It's a long one. So uh, join us, 803-0551-888-552-550. When we wrap up this special edition of Fast Track here on WGR. Twelve oh seven here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Dave Buchanan. And WGR's Fast Track, again, a special edition today because the Bills play on Monday Night Football tomorrow. Coming up in less than an hour, it'll be football here, though, on WGR. We've got the Steelers and Ravens coming up at 1 o'clock, triple header of football here on the station. But you've got me until 12.30 as the NASCAR Spring Cup Series in its third to final race of the season today at the Texas Motor Speedway. Hopefully it'll start on time, although there's some wet weather in the area. Regardless, I think they will get today's race in because uh, luckily Texas Motor Speedway's got lights so they can go all day if they have to. Uh, as Brayton mentioned in his update, Austin Dillon on the pole for today's race. But all the drivers that are on the outside looking in in the chase right now, they all start in the top 10 today. Joey Logano starts second. Kevin Harvick starts third. Carl Edwards starts ninth. And Kurt Busch starts 10th. All these guys need to either pick up enough points these next two weeks or win one of these next two weeks to move on to the championship foursome at Homestead because they are right now on the outside looking in. And out of those drivers, I, I think the win in advance format best suits 2014 champ Kevin Harvick. Kevin has performed well in this situation before, at least twice off the top of my head. There has been places where Kevin has needed to win in advance in the chase, uh, including two years ago at Phoenix, and I think he's already he's did it this year um, once to, to move on to the next round of the chase to, where he needed to win, and uh, he has done it. So I, I think if, if that win in advance scenario comes up, I think it's going to come from the four of Harvick out of the uh, the four drivers in the outside looking in, although the guy that needs to do it the most is Carl Edwards as he is uh, 32 points uh, out of a chase spot, so he needs to win. He will likely not be able to point his way in to the final four at Homestead. Let's go back to the AT&T hotline and bring in from the Sports Business Journal, Adam Stern is on the line. Adam, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good afternoon. Great to talk to you again. Hey, how you doing, Dave? Thanks so much for having me on. No problem. And the reason we're bringing Adam on here this afternoon is, and we've talked about it a lot this year on the program, including with Adam, the fact that NASCAR's Cup Series or Premier Series uh, does not have a series sponsor for 2017 as of this time. And Adam, last we talked, we, we thought we would have had an announcement by now, right? Because uh, we were all expecting to hear something by October, and here it is, Adam, uh, November 6th, and we still don't know who's going to be the series sponsor in 2017. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there, ha- there hasn't been an announcement yet, and, uh, you know, NASCAR had indicate- indicated in July that uh, an October announcement was, was the most likely scenario. They had kind of said, you know, fourth quarter. So, you know, we're still within the fourth quarter, but if you had gone by the October one then you know obviously we have now passed that given that we're into 
early November. And, you know, it's, it's a situation where I'm sure obviously they, they want to have it announced by now. But, you know, we spoke with their COO, Brent Dewar, recently, and, and he maintained that, you know, they're very focused on getting the right partner and that, you know, they don't think it's in their best interest to rush into a, a deal that may not be in the long-term best interest just to announce something immediately. So, you know, he says that, you know, they're still in uh, advanced stage talks with, with multiple companies. And when you hear him say that, you know, it makes you wonder if, if a deal could be, you know, happening with, within a couple of weeks potentially if the cards fall into place. But, you know, if those cards don't fall into place, then there's nothing to announce. So, you know, I'm sure obviously over the course of these two years, uh, you know, at varying stages, I'm sure they've been closer, you know, to a deal than, than other stages, um, you know, with, with various brands. Obviously, they've talked to, to various brands over the course of these two years. So I think it's a case where, you know, obviously um, they just can't talk until they have something done. And, and at that point, you know, they'll be able to look towards the future and start talking about what this brand can do. And, you know, I know obviously there's been some concern in some corners, you know, whether it's in the press or in the garage about, you know, what happens if they don't get a sponsor and, and et cetera, et cetera. But I, I'm not quite so sure that's going to come into play. I, you know, it still sounds like they're – they're confident they're going to get a deal of some sort. So I think, you know, once they land that partner, then it just becomes about, you know, what happens obviously in year one if it's going to be a bit of a rush. But beyond that, uh, you know, what this partner can do to activate and drive the sport forward. So, you know, obviously I think certainly uh, they want to have it announced by now. And, and, you know, obviously folks in the industry want to know who it's going to be. But, um, you know, there's still a number of months until next season. So right. I don't know if they've hit that, that point in the stage yet where it's, you know, it, it's the point of no return. I think they still have some time to work with. I remember we had you on last, I think it was back in August, you mentioned a, a couple of brands that were in the running. I remember Kroger and, and Hisense, I think, were a couple of those companies on the list. Um, are you hearing, uh, what are some of the brands that you're hearing? Are, are they pretty much the same ones still in the running? Has anybody dropped out? Has any new names come up here in, in these last couple of months since we last talked? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say from a brand perspective, obviously, they, they've talked to a number of different folks. And, you know, that, that was what we were reporting. You know, I guess that was about early August when we last spoke. Um, as far as, you know, Hisense was in the mix, Kroger, et cetera. You know, at this point, I don't have too much new to report right now on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just been so much fluidity, you know, as far as who we're hearing here and there. And it's tough to really nail down who's 100% in talks right now. So certainly uh, that's, a, that's a goal to try and figure that out. But, uh, you know, obviously I think NASCAR has to get to that stage. And once they get to that stage, you know, hopefully we can uh, nail down one way or the other, whether it's, uh, you know, us reporting or, or them announcing, uh, you know, exactly finding out who it is. So, you know, I think certainly there's been a lot of fluidity in, in who they're talking to and, and things have changed over the months. So, you know, nothing brand new really right now to report from mm-hmm. perspective. But, you know, obviously I think the fact that, you know, uh, we're at this stage shows that they've been speaking to a number of different brands over these months. And, you know, who exactly landed at this point, I think, is is still anyone's guess to an extent. I, I don't think one brand has absolutely emerged and, it, and it's at the point where we can say it, it's likely this brand. Adam, um, I I know you kind of answered this a little bit in the, in the first first question, but what do you think is the biggest hurdle here? Is, is NASCAR just trying to, to get the right partner, or, or are they having some legitimate struggles, you think, in getting a deal on their terms? I know um, it was a lot of people were saying this deal was going to be a lot less than what Sprint paid when or Nextel paid when they, they signed up uh, you know, over 10 years ago for their deal. Uh, do you think just... The way the economy is and the the NASCAR brand is slightly diminished, you know, at least if you're looking at TV ratings and attendance and everything, do you think they're having a hard time finding someone that wants to pay as much as they're looking for? 
You know, I think there, there's certainly a lot of equations, you know, a lot of factors going into that equation. And, you know, there's just – there's no one answer to that. I mean, I think certainly you bring up a number of good points that, that potentially play in for sure. I mean, you look at, for example, the fact that, you know, this is only really the third time they'll have a deal of this nature. You know, they had they had Winston, then they had Nextel. So, you know, this 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 deal doesn't pop up every – you know, that, that often. And so it's a very large deal. It's very unique. Um, there's not any other league really of this caliber that sells its title sponsorship. You do have some other motorsport series like you know the Verizon IndyCar series, et cetera. But right. you know, as far as the top stick and ball leagues, you don't really have that. Even the EPL recently changed their their format. They're no longer the Barclays Premier League. They changed the English Premier. So you know, the the I think you've seen a lot of changes in media and marketing um, since the last time NASCAR struck a deal like this. You know, when they when they brought in. Nextel, because obviously, you know, Sprint carried it on, but the last time they really had to land a, a, a brand new company was Nextel, and that was in 2003. Yeah. So since 2003, I mean, you know, back then there wasn't social media. You know, think about how much has changed in media and marketing, which ultimately is what this deal is about. You know, yeah. NASCAR is selling this deal as a way to, as a solution to help a company, you know, grow their business. And so, it's ultimately a marketing investment. And so much has changed in marketing since the last time they pitched it that, you know, for example, social media is, is something where that's kind of potentially changed the value equation in marketers' minds to an extent. And, you know, there's, there's so many different options for marketers to spend their money at now and the, the, the areas they can go to in, in marketing and, and sports and entertainment has increased tenfold. So, you know, it's, a, it's just a different deal that NASCAR's having to pitch now. And so I think um, – you know, has it gotten tougher on them? I think naturally, it, it you know, it's gotten tougher on them just like it would for for anyone who would be trying to you know sell a deal of this caliber. So certainly, I think that's that's what they're trying to work through is find a partner who's who's willing to commit to a very large, very unique partnership yeah. who own the property. And so, uh, you know, obviously, I think again, you know, that they, they, I think they'd want to have a deal announced at this point. But um, at the same time, you know. Once they sign that deal, it's most likely going to be a, a you know three four year deal at a minimum. So you, know, you don't want to sign a three four year deal and within the first couple of weeks find out it was the wrong partner and then you're in a real real mess. So I think they're trying to you know work on the front end to make sure they get the right partner. At the same time, I mean it's certainly a, a buyer's market. You know, it's a, again it's it's a situation where in media marketing right now it's it's changed on NASCAR. You know, and it's not an easier sell these days. But that doesn't mean they're not going to ultimately end up with a deal. Adam Stern joining us from Sports Business Journal. Let's switch from the series sponsorship to, to team sponsorship. I remember a year ago at this time, Adam, there was you know a lot of talk with Danica Patrick having to find a new partner with GoDaddy pulling out, and they brought in Nature's Bakery. There was a lot of talk of you know Kevin Harvick switching from Budweiser to Bush. Now Anheuser Busch has re-upped their deal with Harvick, and they're going to put Bush beer on the hood of the four car more times in 2016. Is there any big team sponsorship stories that that we should be watching here? Is there any any teams out there looking for a major primary sponsor for next season? You know, I think obviously SHR still has a a, a good amount of inventory to fill in the four teams. You know, with with Clint Boyer. Um, you know, Mobile One has decided that they're going to move a lot of their inventory to the number four car with Kevin Harvick. And, um, you know, we also reported that Code 3 Associates, which had a couple of races with SHR, is going to move from the 14 to the 10 and Danica Patrick next year. So right now, um, SHR is looking very good as far as the 4, 10, and 41, but mm-hmm. they'll have a, a decent amount of inventory to fill in the 14. So I think, you know, we should definitely be watching out for some partnerships there. I think, you know, with, with Dollar General leaving the 20, 
Um, I think there's still a number of races that, that Joe Gibbs Racing is going to have to fill on that. So I think, you know, there's certainly some partnerships we're going to have to watch out for there. Um, so, you know, there's there's certainly some some deals still to break. And, and, you know, pretty much every team has a little bit of inventory. I mean, sure. there's almost nobody that is 100% sold out. So, you know, you could see some teams even like, you know, a Team Penske, which has almost no inventory, still, you know, strike a deal here and there. So, you know, I, I think we'll see some new deals come out for sure over the coming couple of months here. And, yeah, you know, I'd say certainly the, the 20 and, and the 14 are probably the two to watch out for the most. I mean, obviously we'll also have the – you know, the, the 77 joining next year, though, they'll mostly be with Fire Energy. There might yeah. be partnerships there. Um, you know, if JTG Doherty goes to the second car, that could, you know, create some inventory to an extent. We'll, we'll have to see, you know, which partnerships end up with that. So, yeah, I, I think there's definitely some deals to, uh, to to watch out for. And, you know, I think overall from a, from a team perspective, I think, you know, the they've done pretty well this year. I mean, there's been some brands coming in, some brands coming out. Um, you know, certainly you, when you have a, a company like AB renewing and also increasing the amount of, races they want to be in that that's a great sign yeah um you know that's a that's a blue chip brand they're very consumer focused and and that's been something to watch out for is you know the sport is doing so great from a business to business perspective with with companies that want to get into the sport to do deals with other companies but you know some of the brands that have been leaving have been ones that have been more consumer focused and so you know certainly to see a a consumer focused brand like ab um you know renew is a great sign for the sport for sure you know alternatively you know you did see dollar general leave this year you know, we reported, uh, you know, after this year, we reported recently that, that Farmers Insurance is going to leave after 2017 with Hendrick Motorsports. So, you know, I think there's been some attrition, just like you see with any year. But um, I don't think it's been overly, overly bad. I think you've seen it about mostly even this year, yeah. maybe a little bit t- more towards, uh, you know, some races leaving. But overall, I think the teams are doing pretty solid. Last thing, Adam, before we let you go, uh, today the, the 55 car will be flying the name of the Republican candidate for president, but it's not any money that that campaign is paid to have their logo on the car. The uh, the 55 Premium Motorsports team, the entry driven by Reed Sorensen, their primary sponsors apparently green-lighted the, that, that team put the candidate's name on the hood of the race car today. It's a very interesting story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, these sponsors, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's their money. It's It's it's, they get to do what they want to an extent as long as they get ultimately approved by by NASCAR. Um, and you know NASCAR still still does have the ability to to greenlight things. But um, you know with that being said, yeah, it, it appears that these sponsors you know uh, wanted to kind of you know with the election being on Tuesday, uh, kind of fly the flag for for their candidate and Donald Trump. So it's one of those things where it's it's kind of funny. It's gained a lot of attention for for a team and and driver you know and resource and premium motorsports who you know certainly probably are not used to getting in publications like like Bloomberg, but. Um, you know, when you when you start mixing politics with sports, it, it's certainly an interesting ground these days. It's something we're watching out for a lot. You know, we're seeing politics and sports mix more and more. Uh, you know, obviously in all sorts of ways and facets. So, I um, mean, it's it's certainly interesting. It, it gets people talking. Uh, it gets people talking about premium motorsports, which you know, again, it's it, you know, you'll probably have that more this week than than you have any other week this season. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I'm sure it makes some people squeamish in certain ways because you you know, some people are certainly of the opinion that you know they don't want to see the 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 mixture of politics and sports, but uh, again, we're seeing it more and more in all sorts of sorts of ways. So, uh, you know, who's to say that premium and, and their sponsor are in the wrong? Adam Stern from Sports Business Journal. Adam, as always, appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy the race today from Texas, and we'll talk again soon.
Thanks so much. Dave. Talk soon. All right, Adam Stern, and you can follow him uh, on Twitter too, a underscore s twelve on Twitter, and also of course Sports Business Journal. Uh, whenever there's uh, you know really good breaking sponsorship news, Adam's usually one of the guys that has it covered. So you want to get to follow him on Twitter, especially as we get closer to potentially uh, finding out who is going to be the series sponsor for the Cup Series in 2017. Um, if it if it doesn't come at Homestead, I I, I don't know when it's going to happen unless they're they'll, they'll, then they'll save it for the banquet maybe in Las Vegas the first week of De- which I think is the first weekend of December. So uh, I, I'm 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 at this point I'm going to say if I was a betting man that, that by Homestead I think we'll have something to report on hopefully as uh, you know it's it, it's not you know the the biggest thing about that is the and Adam kind of mentioned this too is the the turnaround needed. To do all the the marketing, they'll have two months to to put together logos and and brand initiatives and all that that crazy stuff that that some people might not like to talk about. But especially in NASCAR, all that stuff's gonna have to get thrown together in two months. And you know, we mentioned that the first year could be rough of of whatever the partnership comes out to be because it might be thrown together haphazardly at the start. But really, just just drafting that message and everything that's that's just what's gonna happen if because they're gonna have about two months to kind of put this all together couple minutes left here to go. Uh, Again, we'll be back here next Sunday, of course, uh, from 11 a.m. to noon as well uh, because uh, the Bills will be on the bye. So we hope you join us us again next week uh, at 11 a.m. for uh, one more edition of Fast Track here in the 2017 season as the Cup Series moves on to Phoenix today. Uh, As for today's race, uh, again, despite the qualifying performance, I'm looking at Jimmy Johnson today to have a really good day. But I've really this... I think this might be a, a Joey Logano kind of day. Uh, Logano starting on the front row, uh, a little bit behind the eight ball here, but he has uh, just been so so good this year. Um, th- despite the the troubles at Martinsville last week, I think this might be uh, a race where Logano locks up his spot uh, going into the uh, the round of four. And if that happens, then I'm going to say Logano wins today at Texas. Harvick wins again at Phoenix to qualify for the chase. Uh, he'll do that again, which means that that means we'll only send one Gibbs car uh, to Homestead with a, with a shot. Potentially, could only send one Gibbs car because Johnson has the other spot too. So that'll be a fun fight between the eleven, twenty, eighteen, and nineteen for that final spot in the chase. But uh, I'm going to say Logano wins today at Texas. Harvick wins at Phoenix, and then I, I don't know who the Gibbs car would be to make the chase. Uh, or the championship foursome, which would be amazing if it plays out that way. Um, that out of four Gibbs cars in the final eight, only one advances to Homestead. That'll be amazing. Uh, it'll likely be be two out of four, but uh, I'm just going to say one out of four just to, to back up my prediction here that Logano wins today at Texas and Harvick wins next week at Phoenix. And again, speaking of next week, we'll be on the air next Sunday from 11 a.m. to noon one more time. Hope you join us then. Uh, I will just go out saying this. Um, go out and vote Tuesday. No matter what the Big race, the presidential race, just forget about that. Just just go vote. There's a lot of important local races. So do your civic duty. Go vote, please. And we'll talk to you next Sunday here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.